baby bus. Around the world in 80 days. Episode 14: The Adventure of Passepartout. Sunday, November 10, 1872. The 39th day of our trip around the world in 80 days. Our ship is sailing into the Taiwan Strait. The bellow of the fierce wind sounded like the roar of a million beasts. Giant waves, dozens of meters high, pounced on the ship, like great bloody mouths, ready to swallow up the Tankadere at any moment. My goodness! This, this is so terrifying! Detective Fix had never encountered such a situation in his whole life. He was scared to death, and his legs kept shaking like he might faint any time. Mr. Fogg, the waves and wind are so strong. I suggest that we stop near the coast for a while before continuing to sail. Shipmaster John, a battle-hardened veteran, forced himself to remain calm, but from his clenched fists, it was obvious his heart was heavy. I agree with you. All right, at which port should we stop? Shanghai. Shanghai? Isn't that our destination? Shipmaster John went blank for a moment, but then he understood Mr. Fogg. It sounded like Mr. Fogg had no intention of stopping the ship. Mr. John, if my observation is correct, your ship is very new. Even though it's only 20 tons, it's very sturdy and can withstand this typhoon. Hearing Mr. Fogg praise his ship, a smile spread across Shipmaster John's face. He slapped his chest and said, <laughs> "That's right. My ship is like me, sturdy and reliable." Shipmaster John instructed his crew to sail forward at full speed. The Tankadere shot through the fierce winds and giant waves like an arrow. Detective Fix held on to the railing for dear life. His face was pale, and he kept muttering under his breath. What? Go forward in this storm? Mr. Fogg must be crazy. God, please help me! They didn't know how much time had passed, but the sun finally appeared on the horizon. The storm had passed at last. Mr. Fogg and the others were exhausted, and they collapsed on the deck. Lunatic! He's a real lunatic! Fix furtively glared at Mr. Fogg, but at the same time, he sincerely admired Mr. Fogg's courage and boldness. The Tankadere continued sailing forward at full speed. Around seven o'clock the next evening, it was only hundreds of meters away from the wharf in Shanghai. At that moment, a giant monster blowing black smoke appeared on the water. It was the ocean liner bound for America, and it was departing on time. How unfortunate we can't make it, Mr. John. Do you have a cannon that signals for help? Cannon? Well, that's a good idea. Shipmaster John slapped his thigh excitedly. If we fire the cannon toward the sea, it will attract the attention of the ocean liner. Then it will turn around and look for us. Very quickly, the crew set up the cannon in the bow of the ship. Mr. Fogg lit the fuse himself. The cannonball landed in the sea, stirring up a huge waterspout. Not long after, the ocean liner bound for America turned around and sailed towards the Tankadere. Mr. Fogg and the others. 
boarded the ocean liner safely. After two days, when Mr. Fogg and the others were still drifting at sea, Passepartout had already reached Yokohama. My goodness, I actually fell into Fix's trap. That fellow purposely made me drunk so that Mr. Fogg would miss the ship to Yokohama. Now Mr. Fogg is sure to lose his bet. Maybe he's already been arrested by Fix. <laughs> Walking the streets of Yokohama, Passepartout felt really bad. He wasn't even interested in the strange new things around him. When his stomach rumbled in protest, he began to think about his circumstances. He checked his trouser pockets and his shirt pockets. He even removed his shoes to look. Sure enough, I don't even have a single cent on me. What shall I do? Passepartout tried to come up with an idea as he walked. Without realizing it, he came to the suburbs. Suddenly, he saw some pretty wildflowers on the edge of a field. Oh, I found my dinner! Passepartout rushed over, picked the wildflowers, and stuffed them in his mouth. He started to chew them heartily. <laughs> These wildflowers are tasteless. They're horrible. Passepartout lingered at the side of the field in a daze. Then he returned to the busy street. He was so hungry, he couldn't walk anymore. Suddenly, the sound of gongs and drums came from not far away. Passepartout turned his head to look. He saw, about a dozen meters away, a man holding a dozen monkeys on leashes. He was about to perform a monkey show. <laughs> I know how I can earn some money! Passepartout clapped his hands happily. I can sing! He sprang into action, shouting loudly. Come and see! The wandering singer from France is about to sing you a song! Wow! He'll definitely wandering be more interesting than the monkeys. Wandering singer? Come on! He'll definitely be more interesting than the monkeys. Come on, let's check it out! Soon a crowd gathered around Passepartout. Passepartout began to perform, singing as he turned somersaults. My name is Passepartout. I flip and I sing and I play the fool. Sitting back now and having a good laugh too. No worry in the world, cause I fight fires too. I'm the almighty Passepartout. When Passepartout had finished his song, enthusiastic applause erupted. Several people took out coins and tossed them at him as a reward. Woohoo! Oh, now I can have a good meal! Passepartout was overjoyed. He was about to pick up the coins when a figure squeezed into the crowd rushing toward him. Passepartout looked up curiously. It was the monkey trainer. He was so angry, his mustache turned upwards. He pointed at Passepartout and yelled in a language Passepartout couldn't understand. He was yelling in Japanese, and Passepartout couldn't understand a word he said. But when Passepartout gave it some thought, he understood what the fellow must mean. Sir, you're trying to say I've stolen your business and you're settling the scores with me? Before he had finished speaking, he stepped back nervously. He saw that behind the entertainer, there were about a dozen monkeys, and they were glaring at him angrily. 
In their hands were gongs and sticks for beating the gongs. One even held a pair of bananas. You are going to bully me with your numbers? Hey, you, the one holding the bananas, please put down your weapon and let's talk. His words hadn't even died down when the troop of monkeys began crying strangely as they rushed toward him. Oh my goodness! Passepartout quickly turned around and ran. He ran and ran with his head down, unaware of how far he had run. He couldn't see the monkeys anymore. Phew! I was nearly beaten up by monkeys. Passepartout sat down on the ground, panting heavily. Just then, he lifted his head and saw a giant billboard not far away. On the billboard was a giant, colorful poster. He read the poster carefully and suddenly jumped up with joy. My goodness, this is great! I can see Mr. Fogg again! What did Passepartout see in the poster? Will he be able to reunite with Mr. Fogg? Stay tuned for the next episode.